millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. And today's episode, oh, I've got an absolutely wonderful chat for you today. Um, I sit down with Matt Goss um, and what a wonderful human being he is and you're in for such a treat it's a, it's a lovely conversation um Matt's so open and honest and and it's it's wonderful to hear um before we get on with that chat a few thank yous um so thank you to Shane for helping facilitate um this interview uh thank you to Scroobius Pip and everyone at the Distraction Pieces Network thank you to 76 for producing this podcast um and also thanks to you lot for continuing to support this podcast and and as you have been now for for well over two years and uh so I can't thank you enough for that um once you get to the end of today's episode with Matt, and, and certainly if this is your first time listening to Off The Beaten Track, then um, once you finish today's chat, go and explore the back catalogue because you can hear me talking to such a wide range of um, amazing artists, whether they be musicians, producers, DJs, comedians, actors, you know, artists as diverse as Fatboy Slim to Tommy Lee through to... The Foo Fighters, um, incredible actors uh, like Maxine Peake, Joe Hartley, Amanda Abington, Michael Smiley, uh, Thomas Turgus, uh, and and obviously a huge range of of musicians. So there's Swade, uh, Chuck D of Public Enemy. Um, the, the the list goes on. So go and have a, a rummage around in the archives and and see what you can find. Um, and yeah, like I say, I'm on all the social media platforms. So if you see us on there, give us a, a like, love, a share, a retweet and, and, and all the stuff that you can do to help spread the word about this um, this podcast, which is uh, such a joy to do. And uh, and that brings me on perfectly to another huge, another huge piece of joy that, uh, that happened. Uh, and that was this episode. So please enjoy Off The Beat and Track podcast with the wonderful... Matt Goss. Sorry, I've interrupted the podcast, but with good reason. Hotel Chocolat are our sponsors. You know that now because I tell you about it every episode. But they've been super kind now. And you may have heard me talking about the products from the cacao bar and there's gins, cream liqueurs, all sorts of wonderful chocolatey goodies. Um, and what they've done is they've set a page up on the website that you can go to. And all you've got to do is just for you off the beaten track listeners – Go over there, answer a question, and you could win the full range delivered to your front door. I mean, that's kind of them. All you have to do is go to this place, Hotel Chocolat, 
facebook.com forward slash OTBT podcast. That's OTBT as in off the beaten track podcast. Hotelchocolat.com forward slash OTBT podcast. Go get your grubby little mitts on some deliciously chocolatey drinks, courtesy of our sponsors, Hotel Chocolat. I'll get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It me, stew with him. Okay, we're recording. Matt Goss, how are you doing? I'm really good. How are you, mate? Yeah, not not too bad. Not too bad. It's nice to hear an accent that sounds very similar to mine. And, uh, I know. Where, where are you from, by the way? Uh, Essex. Essex. Uh, Essex boy. Mm. Well, I left my giant. I've got a bit of a black eye, and I'm not. I'm like you know. I tried to cover it on Good Morning Britain the other day, and I wore some glasses and stuff, and I looked like a green face. So. Um, <laughs> So I'm, I just I'm, I'm embracing it. Oh, if anyone can pull off a shiner, mate, you, you're doing a stellar job there. Thank you, mate. <laughs> well, Matt, before we get on to the, the playlist, I just you know we're looking that the remainder of this year is going to be a far more connected and, and positive uh, and exciting place than maybe the first half of this year. And so, just looking back over the last sixteen, seventeen months, how have you found you know the situation that we've all been sort of thrust upon uh, had thrust upon us how have you found it both personally and creatively i think without question i i think we've all been forced into a place of self-reflection and i and i think um it's been great at times and it's also been extremely troubling at times because you know we we crack on with our lives at such a pace that we kind of we we do not look left and right sometimes at things that possibly are distressing to us or disturbing to us. And doing four or five shows a week here for 10 years, you know, in America, and it got to a point where I I was, I felt like I was abusing my body, my, my you know, my life. I didn't have a, it was just all about entertainment and making sure people felt, you know, transported and I really wasn't really addressing some of the things within my own life and I I realized that this this issue of mental health and and everything became very very deeply important to me and it's my French bulldog Reggie there he is <laughs> um, um, that's why I, <laughs> he's not he's not literally not messed up one um <laughs> interview of he's literally not one um but I I feel I felt very connected to the way people were feeling. And then I, I realized that when I was doing my Instagram lives that I actually didn't know my fans. You know what I mean? After 30 years, I've, I've been singing to them and I had a sense of who they were. But then we got into, you know, who they were and, and some of the troubles they were going through. And then people that were not my fans started to come into my space. And that's when I also started my own podcast and, it was, it, I, I completely detached myself from music. I had no interest in making music again. I had no interest in singing again. Um, so it, it was quite an extraordinary thing. Ironically, the connection that I found talking about much deeper issues was the reason that I actually ended up wanting to make a new record and realizing there were indeed people that wanted me to keep going and. Because when you're in one place and you're singing in one venue, although it be Caesar's Palace, the famous casino on the planet, 
um, it's a very isolated place to be when you're driving home at night. You can't expect people to be excited about what you do every day. And I would, you know, the person I'd always call would be my mum, you know, mm. and she's, she's up there. So you, you sometimes you desperately need to have a conversation about what you've just done and, but you can't enforce that on other people and expect them to care as much as your, your family would. Um, but, but a long-winded answer, but I think that really it's been, it's been a, a period of growth. And for some people, some people have, have elevated and some people have regressed. And I think all of us have cut away some of the fat, you know, I mean, I've definitely let some people, you know, drift off peacefully and, and just realize that, that, that we, neither one of us serve each other. And, you know, I've just, you know, with hopefully not too much resistance. Absolutely. I think, <clears throat> I think so many, so many people have, you know, used this time where the, the, the breaks have been, you know, put upon us anyway, uh, to, to use that time to just reflect and, 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 and assess things. And, you know, from such an awful situation that we've all been, you know, involved with, hopefully we will all come out of that, you know, with a little bit more of the fat trimmed off, you know, and, and, and be happier and more positive people from that. Couldn't, couldn't agree more with you um, on, on what you just said there, Matt. Um, I'm going to start the playlist now, uh, and I always start uh, with the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. You know, you're going to have to help me because I don't have a list fine. of mine. That's fine. Um, so you went for the who, mm-hmm. and uh, I won't be fooled again. When I, whenever I hear this intro, I, I don't think there's ever been a time I've heard this intro where I haven't got goosebumps. Yeah. Um, I do think they are one of the greatest rock, rock and roll bands in music history, one of the most authentic bands. Uh, I was lucky enough to have a great conversation with Roger Daltrey. He gave me some insight about things that I will never repeat, but it was an incredible, <laughs> incredible conversation, incredible human, just a humble, loving person that just has this kind of Peter Pan kind of rock and roll energy. He's just an incredible person. But I always find that when I meet the people that, 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 I, I, and that I love their music, I just, it goes to a whole different kind of stratospheric kind of place where I'm just like, yeah, you know, and when I hear this, it's, uh, it is the personification of rock and roll. When this moment comes on, you, you want it to go on five times longer than it does. Yeah. Um, one intro. So in regards to intros, um, over the, the, the years that you've been um, producing music, um, you know, if we go way back and, 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 and to, you know, to the, to the early years, um, and it was, uh, I guess we could, you know, and I say this with a great respect, like mainstream pop music. Um, I love pop music. It's, yeah. It's a great, great word for me. Uh, and, 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 and I think back then the pop song was short, sharp, to the point, you know, hook lines. And then, I mean, you've chose something like the who there, and, and that's a, a very long intro. Um, and it's almost, it's a bit proggy in places with the sort of arpeggio synth before the guitars drop in and things like that. And so as, you know, over the years, you know, that, that have followed, you know, the, the early music, we've seen the way that people also listen to music change dramatically. So, you know, from the days of buying CDs and vinyl and cassettes and stuff through to streaming services. And what I see now, and if I look at the way that my children get their music, they've got very fast thumbs that just seem to 
have very yeah. short. It feels like the attention spans are getting slightly shorter. And so, with that in mind, I'm, I'm, it's a long-winded question, this Matt. But I just want to ask you if the way that that people are listening to music and streaming, and, and we're looking at music now, seems that so many songs now I hear on the radio start with a chorus now, and it's you know they're quite short songs. Do any of these kind of movements and trends in music find their way into your songwriting process or are you still very much a traditional style songwriter of I write what feels right when it feels right? Do you get where I'm going with that question, Matt? Sorry. It's not not a long-winded question. Every every syllable is necessary because it's everything you said is true. And the truth is back then you you were not writing music with the with the law that it has to be. There's a kind of understanding that it has to be somewhere around 320 um, right now. And so, in a way, it, people don't, people that aren't songwriters don't understand. You have to condense a story into three minutes and twenty seconds is is an art form, and you have to really, really to try and tell a story and create an emotion in that short amount of time is very difficult. But back then, um, it it wasn't. It, that wasn't the case. I mean, you would hear songs that were much longer with much longer intros, and uh, now people are like, you got to get to the chorus within one minute. Yeah, um, which is to me is quite horrific in some ways because um, let's be honest, you don't you know the freedom that a painter has uh, is is limitless. I mean, you you would never say you've got to use fuchsia when a paint painter wants to use you know salmon you know it's 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 a small difference to some maybe but to a painter's eye it's 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 life or death and i think that um i think it's important to to talk about what you're saying because the attention span has got extremely short um the way that music's delivered is different uh physical product was there was a sense of occasion with music, when you went and bought a CD, or, or I go back to a cassette, or when you bought a vinyl, and then it, and then the CD, there was this there was this sense of occasion that you were going to buy a physical product and you were going to own it and you were going to look after it and read the liner notes of who played on the record, who who was part of it, where did you record it, and all these images would come into your mind and you would create this kind of story about how this record came about, and now it's a digital file. Um, at least now they've upgraded, started to upgrade the, the quality of the digital files, which is good news. But um, again, to answer your last part of your question, do, does it find its way into my songwriting? Absolutely it does. Um, this record I've just made, I would only listen to commercial music for six months. While I was making this, this record six to eight months, I would not listen to any of my influences because they're embedded in me. Stevie Wonder, you know, Donny Hathaway, you know, all these, these, you know, Duran Duran, all these bands and singers that I grew up listening to, they're embedded in me anyway. But um, I, they absolutely did have an effect because I wanted to write a current record. Yeah. I didn't want to be out of the loop. And I also want to stand my ground with, you know, radio programmers and, and, and people like that, you know, so I can say I know exactly what I'm doing. It's not, it isn't rocket science. If you are a musician and you understand what you've got to do, you do have to study and you do have to stay current. And I think it's a healthy thing. Although I don't like certain elements of it, I think it's healthy to 
go along with it. And in regards to the word pop, you know, the Beatles were pop, the Who were pop, Rolling Stones were pop music back then, you know. So we have to be careful, I believe, how we use the word pop because we don't know, we don't quite know what we're listening to sometimes at that time. You and I both know we've heard a pop record 20 years ago that now has become a, a bit of a classic. Yeah. So we've got to be very careful, I think, the way we, how we receive pop music and and just allow it to breathe. If the, if the Beatles were thrown onto the scrap heap because they were screamed at, we would have lost some, some of the most beautiful music on the planet of our time. So just I, I like to be very mindful when I listen to music. Well, I'm going to take you back for track two, Matt, and I'm going to ask you please to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. And I can, I can give you a nudge because you did just mention uh, Donny Hathaway. Yeah, I mean, there's something about this singer that knowing his personal story, knowing his, you know, just also knowing how much Stevie Wonder loved him. Mr. Donny Hathaway is a, is a singer that to me just moves my heart and my soul. It doesn't matter if what the song is. I just feel his true understanding and his authenticity of, of every note. And um, I covered this song on an acoustic guitar. Um, and it's this song is a song for you. And it's uh, the lyric in it as well, the complete self-deprecating lyric that, you know, acknowledges that you've not been good to somebody and um, talks about his mortality in the song. And it's just extremely emotional to me. Um, that can go for anything he says, but this song in particular really moves my heart. If you had to pinpoint what that emotion was, what would it be, Matt? Truth. Truth. Honestly, people, you know, you talk to mainstream media sometimes and you say things like, if you if you undress your soul, then so will the audience. And you get this bullshit, you know, like, oh, yeah, another analogy or whatever. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's absolutely true. If you've been on stage, if you do not, if you don't actually undress your soul and just speak truthfully to an audience, you will not get the audience that you want. Yeah. And I think that you, you have to dare to, you know the amount of times i've gone on stage and said i've had a crap day today it's going to be a good show yeah <laughs> you know because if i've had a crap day and i'm in a bad mood sometimes it will be it's going to be a great show because it you know never waste good agony you know like go out there but be honest with your audience they deserve it and and more importantly they can handle it they can handle it if you've uh, if you've had a you know you wake up and you're feeling low you're having a blue day um do you reach for Duran Duran or do you reach for for something somber do you just try and pull yourself out of it or do you process it and 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 put music on that you know is going to almost soundtrack you know feel it feeling a bit blue and 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 kind of just work your way through it by almost sort of giving that giving that emotion you know a a a musical cuddle for want of a, a terrible you know description well no, I think that that feeling of many people will, will relate to the feeling. I think most of us just want to feel safe. Most of us just want to feel safe. Yeah. And and you get to a point in life where you just you you find a certain groove within yourself. And when you get to that place where you can be more emotionally intelligent and speak about emotions, 
and you know even you just said emotional cuddle like you you like ter- you said it's terrible i don't think any form of language as long as it's colorful and it creates an image and there is analogies and similes and metaphors i'm all for it why do we want to dumb down the english language it's a beautiful language so um i'm all about emotional intelligence and the acknowledgement of what you're feeling when you're feeling it so a lot of musicians don't listen to music when when they're said because we want to get away from anything musical because it makes us think about i mean you hear every note and it's almost invasive music sometimes because you're surrounded by it and you're talking about it and you're on stage and you're creating it but i would say if i'm if i'm feeling sad if it's about my love life for example i i don't it's really hard for me to listen to sad songs because i i hurt to to, to an abyss you know i really do and i love hard and i hurt hard you know i came out of a relationship in covid that and i really loved this woman but it just we couldn't find common ground now you know and it was just it was time for me to accept uh, as that, that it was just you know we we couldn't find common ground and um but i didn't i don't mind the pain that goes with that because you're meant to hurt you're meant to otherwise what's the point yeah, you know completely and i think music music can heal and i will put on songs in the key of life or fulfilling his first finale or inner visions a talking book you know i will put on stevie wonder and and just and he he will always lift my spirits yeah. always listen up i've only got another new sponsor egg fried it's this super cool clothing label and if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of asian culture and and the designer's kind of weird sense of humor in the mix then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com now they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range, and it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, and again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. I'm going to ask you for track three, Matt. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. To tell me the song uh, that reminds you of your time at school, please. Uh, without question, this, this band, just everything about this band, even now, I love, I love... Uh, the yeah, I just love that they're still together. You know, when you see a band after all these years, certainly when I've been in the industry three decades, that they're still playing, it just gives you such a beautiful feeling. But when I was at school and I was wearing Stay Press and I was wearing Waffle Cardigans and Fred Perry's and Dot Mines uh, and, and and my loafers, my bowler hats, my trilbies. Uh, the legendary specials. I mean, Ghost Town to me, again, incredible, incredible piece of music. It's certainly, if you again listen to the lyric and understand where that song came from, and it was meant to be the death of Scar, you know, and they're talking about all the clubs are being shut down and, and there was too much violence around the music. And, um, and ironically, that song kind of, you know, kick scar in its ass it was an amazing moment in music when you could start feeling you know that new romantic kind of wave coming in and which i also love but scar music to me will be with me for life you know um, and that's a, a, a sonically that record it's just feels like it's just been beamed down from somewhere. It's, I don't think it sounds like anything else the specials do. And I love the specials. But that song, uh, and, and I'm, I've got this thing where I think some bands have this one song that is, I'm not necessarily, necessarily saying better than the rest of their catalogue, but sounds completely different from anything they've ever done. Um, and I'll get on to that because another one of your picks today is one of those. But I think like Ghost Town, it's so eerie. And you know that once you've heard it a couple of times, you know that that euphoric bit is going to kick, you know, after the yes. second call. And it's just glorious. And and just seeing, you know, Neville and, and Linville and the band just going crazy while slap bam in the middle is Terry all deadpan. Don't crack a smile. It's just, just one of the coolest bands to ever walk this planet. And, yeah, absolutely incredible record. Um, whilst, we'd, whilst we're back there at school, like, how was that for you? Did you enjoy school? No, not at all. I, I hated school. I just because you know we moved like ten times, so we'd have to constantly go into another school, and and uh, you know, and there was never real, there was never a real sense of uh, um, nothing was permanent. It was very transient, and it, it was exhausting, if I'm honest, and a lot of fights, a lot of you know, state in your territory as you do as kids. And um, just it was it was almost violent our schooling. It was just, uh, but then I eventually found a drama teacher called Jane Roberts, who is the reason why I think I'm doing what I'm doing. She was, she didn't care about the academic side of 
my 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 time at school. Although I love Mr. Brooks um, and biology, and I had a massive crush on Miss Simkovich. She used to wear fishnets and play her accordion, which was extremely. <laughs> Extremely out of order, really. I mean, with all our hormones going through the roof, you know, she'd sit on the on the counter with her legs crossed and her fishnets playing an accordion. I mean, outrageous. And Mrs. Funnel actually as well. Like she had, she used to wear fishnets as well. I think that's where my love of fishnets must stem from. I just realised it. Have you I'm got an unhealthy relationship with an accordion as well? <laughs> I don't know. I think, is, there, is there such a thing as an unhealthy relationship with an accordion? I think. Whatever floats your boat, you. But um, I think that, yeah, I, I think that I couldn't wait to get out of school. And I had my first band when I was 12. And I was I was number one in 36 countries simultaneously when I was 18. So, you know, people ask me, you know, asked me recently, what, what, what was your, what did you do during your clubbing days? And I was like, you know, it was, it was just, we had a different, we had a different, different start, I guess. But we, me and my brother couldn't wait to get out of school. Um Really? So there was never any other career path other than, I, I imagine at the time, pop star? Well, I was a, I, I had a massive love of Videl Sassoon. And I, I was obsessed with Videl Sassoon and the geometric carton and the impact that he had on fashion in the 60s. And I was lucky enough to meet Videl Sassoon um, actually at an Elton Joint event in, in LA. And we chatted and I told him, because my mother was a hairdresser. And and the sound of scissors, even to this day, I'm getting a haircut today, even though what I've, what I've got left, but I'm hanging, I'm hanging in there, Stu. And, um, <clears throat> and we, you know, I just, I thought I wanted to be a hairdresser. I wanted to be, but I wanted to, you know, wear the three-piece suits and, and do it right and and be part of pop culture. And then, to be honest with you, I, I, I had a Saturday job, a hair salon, and I, I was just washing hair and, and just, you know, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. Just, it just, uh, you know, I, I, I romanticized Fidel Sassoon and that's where I thought I was going to go before that. I thought I was going to be a vet, but I'm talking super young, but I, uh, I was going to be, ironically, I was going to be an actor. My brother went into that field, but, and then when I sang, um, cabaret, um, everybody seemed to like my voice and I didn't even know what that meant yeah. but it just um, then we had our first record deal offered to us when we were 16 by Arista and the day of, that we were meant to sign with Arista we were 16 they passed on us <clears throat> we thought our life was over we were like oh it's done anyway so you know a year later we met Tom Watkins with the Pet Shop Boys and a year after that we were as I said all over the world number one but it was it was great because we just sorry to to go on, but we were in the restaurant and the, fella, and the fella the fella that actually was meant to sign us to Arista was in the same restaurant with us, and we were number one in Britain and all over the world at the time. And we walked up to him to say hello. We were excited to see him. He he thought we were coming over to to say so told you, but we, we were just happy to see him. He went, I know, I know. And we're no no, no we're just happy to see you. And he was like, you know, but his his response was, I know. But it was good. It was like, it was one of those mu- moments for a musician that, that, if I'm honest, was quite a nice moment. You know. Yeah. Well, for track four, I'm going to ask you to tell me the first record you remember buying um, from a record shop, please, Matt. <clears throat> and first record I I remember buying from a record shop is again. 
I was asked recently my favorite, also another one of my favorite intros, and and I I described this as as the the most beautifully brutal use of a cowbell, mm. and um, just one of the most badass grooves ever. And this is Low Rider by War. What a tune that is! Why don't the cowbell get used more? It's every time I hear it in a song, I'm like, why does that not get used more? It's so effective. It is a tricky instrument. It's a tricky instrument because it's so dominant. Mm. It's so dominant. So you, you know, I think nowadays an analog instrument sticks out like a sore thumb on a beat because mm. now we're using big samples on, you know, the bottom end on records these days is through the roof. Um, you know, some of the bass, you know, I was in a studio in the record plant recently and I've been recording there for 25 years and they had some clients in there. Every single speaker in, in the record plant was blown. And I've been, I've never, ever experienced that. And, you know, you're looking at thousands, tens of thousands of dollars per unit. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, a cowbell, very, very dominant, yeah. uh, um, simple instrument. But in this song in particular, it, it, I don't think this tune would exist without that. that yeah. That's the, you know, that, that instrument. I love it. One of my favourite songs of all time. Can you remember where you bought it? I was in Camberwell. I know where I bought it. I was in Camberwell, yeah. um, and I was with my aunt Sally, and um, and I couldn't wait to get that forty-five. Put it on. I still remember those days with such fondness. Camberwell to me is, for that question, where I felt the the, the best times of my life. Yeah. I mean, you, you've mentioned like the Beatles and, and, and bands like that and Stevie. Like, growing up, was it a musical household? Uh, without question, my God. 37 Crawford Road in Camberwell was a place that it, that you would either hear Frank Sinatra, Mel Torme, Stevie Wonder, um, Donny Hathaway, Ian Durian, um uh, you'd hear free cream. Uh, just it was just an incredible array of music, but I mean all the time, and everyone was singing. Everyone just it was just full of music. It was just full of like energy, but it was it was so many different genres. Was you a confident kid? Um, I don't know if I was no I don't know if I was I think we were good kids yeah I mean we were rascals me and my brother we were double trouble but you know having a twin there's this kind of sense of there is a sense of like if you mess with me you're messing with him kind of thing so we did we did have that you didn't we were double trouble I mean we had that kind of energy about us we really did and but uh, I think when you have come from a broken home. You do have that abandonment issue where you're terrified that your mum's going to walk out. And, and we did have that, you know, we did have that abandonment, abandonment uh, issue where we, where we worried that, that that was going to, going to crumble. Our family was going to crumble. But <clears throat> apart from that, we did have, you know, we were not wealthy on any level. We were pr- pretty poor, I would say in some ways, but, we were rich in love. My granddad, my granddad was a gunner in the Second World War, and my nana died when she was fifty. And my granddad never remarried. But he came. He, my granddad 
was a foreman, a builder. Then he became a faith healer. He became a healer. And um, and my granny Ramson was a medium. And so we had a lot of spirituality in our life as well. We were very kind of, it was always encouraged, you know, to, to look beyond what we know. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For track five, Matt, I'm going to ask you to tell me a song that soundtrack your time clubbing. It was this was where it was a difficult question for me because we didn't really go clubbing. We did do the Buffalo Boys scene at Astoria and, and stuff like that for a while. So, and that was. Can I ask you about that? Because it's it's something that I saw. Someone done a, a, a fashion show on that, or, or like an art exhibition, sorry, on that, um, about three years ago. And my knowledge of it was very limited. Is this, we're talking about Nana Cherry's Buffalo Stance was in response to that. And are we talking about Jamie J. Morgan and that stuff? Yeah, there was a whole scene like Steve Strange and yeah. and, and all these, it was, it's a difficult one to explain, but all I know is like, you, you, your bomber jackets and you had his, you had all the all the patches and the badges and the, and that's really where the bracelet came out of in a way like the mm. you know the denim, the bomber jackets, and the Doc Martens. It was a whole whole thing and you you really could. It was almost like the bomber jacket was the the modern day Vespa. Yeah, it was like you just really were mindful what you put on it, but people were just really receptive to just the way that you would make that, that, you know, I guess also Nick Kamen, you know, mm. you know, as well, like, you know, that whole kind of era was, was just incredibly uh, exciting musically. And it was go global. It was, you know, the Astoria, it was, that, that was the scene for me. I mean, and so if I'm the, the, the song you've chosen, um, but that was not part of that era. That was yeah. not part of, to me, that, that's I chose that song specifically because I felt that was one of the, to me, it was just that that was such an infectious loop. And I want to use that word. That was the, that was when loops were dominant in pop music and certainly in, in that kind of 
club scene at the time that you know acid house and all that stuff were coming in and and that was when people even the even the general public started to understand what a loop was yeah but to me i still think it's one of the greatest uses of a loop and um a record that conjures up such attitude and in just the it, it, it was just it just oozes attitude this does and and to me i may be wrong but to me it's a very very british british record and that's why i chose it because it made me that song always makes me want to move yeah i mean we should point out for listeners we're talking fool's gold by the roses and yeah like what a, I mean, for me as well i think in in 89 it was such an interesting time for music as well. I think, you know, we'd started to see, like, you know, house music happen. We'd started to see hip-hop really explode, like, globally at this point. And, you know, you had, like, new waves of hip-hop, like De La Soul coming over. It was the second summer of love, Acid House, Soul to Soul. There were so many things going on. And then, obviously, in Manchester, the Hacienda, and you've got the Mondays and the Roses and Primal Scream, and you've got all of these bands that are just cultivating this sound that just seem to soundtrack that second summer of love, which was, you know, a term that the, the, the press obviously threw upon it. But for me as a massive fan of Stone Roses, I love everything they've done, but Fool's Gold doesn't sound like anything else they've done. Exactly right. And also another thing, what I'm realising now, a lot of the songs I'm choosing, the bass heavy love, you know, you know the baseline on that. You can't wait when that baseline comes oh, in. Ridiculous! I mean, it's just glorious, isn't it? It's like, and you and it stays steady. Like I think that's the thing as a musician, where because that loop is so rock steady, it's like it's, it's yeah. straight ahead. Does not unashamedly doesn't change. But yeah. that baseline just sits on the back of it and just what a tune. Definitely, definitely. Well, I, I spoke about confidence um, earlier, and Matt, you've chosen. Um, a, a career in in an industry that's probably a bit more competitive than hairdressing. You, you've chosen one of the most cutthroat businesses, and you've you know you, you, you've spoken many times about you know some of the the industry things that might not have been particularly fair on 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 on, on you and your brother as a young man, um, and you've kept going, and you know new records are dropping now. Um, so aside from confidence, would you say you're driven? I would say in regards to confidence, I just want to clear that up. I am a very confident man. I'm yeah. very comfortable in my own skin. You know, you, what you see is what you get. I'm fearless in regards to interviews. And if an interview is an interview, then it's, it's like, I don't think they're doing their, their job. If it becomes a conversation, then they are. Yeah. And I think that, um, are we having an interview um, or are we having a conversation, Matt? I just want to know where I'm standing. <laughs> I could do this all day long, mate. Just, good it. stuff. I could do this all day long, talk about music and listen to music. Lovely. Um, uh, we're definitely going to have a beer when I get back. We've Wicked. got to have a beer. Or five, five probably at this point. Let's do but, that. Um, no, it's, you know, I, I, you know I, you're right. You have to have very sharp teeth in this industry because you're swimming with sharks. But you've got to know when to use that bite. And, you know, I've been through betrayal. I'm still going through betrayal this this month. There's still stuff I'm dealing with. There's still people that come into your life that want to disrupt your space. And it's out of greed usually in, my, in this industry. But it's it, you just have to just stand your ground and know that um, – that, 
this too shall pass. It's just, you know, I've seen, I've seen so many um, bands and experiences and just come and go. And, and it really isn't about hit records. It's about longevity. That is success. No matter what career you're in, music or whatever you do, if you're still doing what you love and you're still in whatever career you're in, um, that's, that is, that is the definition of success. And I think that should settle people's minds. And, um, I, I feel I am driven, I but I feel that it's not nothing is important to me. Nothing is more important to me than loyalty. Loyalty is freedom, and I have a saying like you can be loyal in front of me, and I'm grateful for that. But having my back behind my back, and me finding out that you had my back, that is more important to me than than any hit record my bank statement, anything to have people in your life that we can, that you dread saying goodbye to you one day. Um, and having, uh, I have a little tribe, you know, and we just love each other and we, we look out for each other. So for me, that's the number one thing I am driven. And I do want to prevail that the documentary that we did after the screaming stopped it was a cultural moment. It would change the way the documentaries we made. I think that it was so honest and brutally honest that I don't think people will approach the music documentary in the same way. I think I'm proud of that. I don't want to be, you know, terrified of saying what we've done. And I, I want to do with what I'm doing now with this new record. I don't want to make a pop record. That's, uh, that's good. I want to make a pop record that, that, that blows blows people's minds and I know I've done that and and I wouldn't want to be doing a promo circuit if I wasn't if I wasn't able to say that with absolute absolute complete confidence um so yeah I am driven and pridefully so but not to the point where I'm oblivious to people's feelings or what's what's important like like a good conversation with your mate and knowing that they know you're there for them and also knowing you've got that in return absolutely I'm going to take you home for the next track, Matt, and I'm going to ask you uh, for a favourite song from an artist from your home country. You went to Liverpool for this one. I know, it's Strawberry Fields, right? You went Eleanor Rigby. Eleanor Rigby, okay. Uh, you know, it was a tough one for me because to not include the Beatles in my life would be absurd. You know, there's right now, all I'm listening to is the Beatles right now. Mm. When I get in my car, I'm, I'm a big car guy. I love, I love getting in to my my little vacuum and putting on my music. And all the only all I'm listening to right now is the Beatles. And and uh, there are so many songs from the Beatles that you could choose. And everyone says, "Oh, you know, Strawberry Fields." But I mean, even that song, I mean, it just makes me so happy. And I think about as a musician, the choices that were made and the effect that record, the effect that that record had. Hello, Hello. sorry, call came in. And think about the effect that that record had um, on on massive bands like the Beach Boys, and and you know musicians scrapped their album because of that album. Yeah. Um, but when I hear Eleanor Rigby, and I listen to the lyric, and I listen to what George Martin did to the strings, I don't know if anyone's listened to the string only version of this song. Um, I would highly recommend that you, that you immediately download the string-only version of Ellen Rigby because it, it, it just shows you you really was the fifth Beatle. It was it, it's it's miraculous the use of counter melody, yeah. the use 
of Counter Melody, it, it's it's almost inappropriate. It's it's two songs that just magically bond together, um, and I, I, I it just makes me feel so much. This song makes me feel so much lyrically, melodically, musically. I think it's one of, the, one of the greatest songs of all time. I couldn't agree more with you. And I've got very limited memories of studying music at school, but we had to study that record and we had to pull that apart. And And, and I think that's the first time I read lyrics and something actually kind of went in. It wasn't just listening to the song and not really taking it in. But I remember reading that and just thinking, oh, there's a, there's a story here. Oh, my God, it's heartbreaking. And and like you say, the, the string arrangement on, on Eleanor Rigby is, oh, it's, it's just it's just different level. And I talk about the Beatles, you know, quite regularly on, on here because like any, any artist you speak to, they're going to have to at some point reference the Beatles because they're the Beatles. And it's when you look when they started their career and when the beat was split up, it's quite a short period of time. And then when you look at what happened within them years, everything was a reinvention. Every album, just a giant step. It was just incredible. Like, And yeah, I, I just, I just think it's, you know, it, it doesn't need for me to say that they're one of the greatest bands ever. It's, it's a fact, isn't it? But yeah, just the, the the fact that what they've done in such a short space of time is a thing that constantly amazes me. Yeah, and I think, again, just when you listen to this record, you can literally, left brain, right brain, you can listen to the song and listen to the, yeah. the string arrangement just as a musician and the understanding of counter melodies and and along with a very, very distinct pop melody. It, it's just incredible how they managed to get these two to fuse together yeah. and make absolute sense. It's impossible. It's a movement. You find your body moving with the strings. You find your body moving with the, with the melody of this song. So, yeah, I mean, true love, true love for this song. Matt, for the last record, you get to play Tastemaker, and I'm going to ask you to tell me a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear. Do you remember what you sent over for this one? I, I believe it's uh, Bloodstream by Stateless. Mm. Thank you for that, by the way, because I'd never heard that before. Oh, do you like it? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's exactly, it's exactly what it is. It's painfully beautiful. And I think that the reason I love this song is because it rips me to shreds, literally, as simple as this song is in many ways. It rips me to shreds because you know, you've got an into my bloodstream and that one line is the only way you should love. And when you do make love to someone and you, you, you know, there is an exchange there of gargantuan proportion. There's an exchange spiritually, biologically, emotionally. Um, and those are sometimes the things that you have to leave behind. Um, and this song just rips me to shreds. I think it's beautiful. I love that it's it's electronica as well as acoustic. And I also I just think it's a song that not many people, not not a lot of people have heard. But once you have this song in your collection, it's one of those songs that you'll go to, and you'll hurt yourself in a good way. Absolutely, you know, it, it hurts you. It touches your heart. But it also reflects when you are in love, <clears throat> when you are in love, 
um, this song speaks to me on that level too. It's a, it's just a, it's a very beautiful, and there's a saying, you know, a, a good musician knows when to play and a great musician knows when not to. And I think this is a, a really graceful piece of music and, and a beautiful, beautiful lyric and a beautiful melody. Matt, we put together a, a Spotify playlist to accompany this podcast so people can go and listen to um, all of the records that you've chosen today. Um, and as you know, we're, 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 we're getting into the second half of, of this year and it's, it's a, you know, going to hopefully be a way more joyous and connected um, six months. Uh, with that in mind, I'm going to ask you, Matt, like, what are you looking forward to from the rest of this year personally and what's going to be happening professionally? Can I just uh, just address something you just said? If you, it, I hope it is going to be a joyous year. Yeah. But my 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 suggestion would be to have a joyous year. Be joyous, and if your neighbour's got a nice motor, knock on his door and say, "I just want to say, love your new car." Yeah. And lift people up, and wish the best for people, and expect the same same back. It's a much better way to live. And if we just, if we've learned one thing out of this is that we need each other yeah. and we miss each other and the people that show you love, um, can, can, you know, you can genuinely, you and I can change somebody's day right now. And I always say, call your strongest friend, call your strongest friend because they're the people that usually need a phone call. Cause they're the people that people, the people assume that they're okay. Yeah. Make a phone call, make amends with people if you've got a beef with someone, get rid of it. But professionally, um, I've never been more excited about a record. I've, I've put my heart and soul into this. I have studied this, you know, sorry. Another phone call came in. Um, I have, that's, that's, that's your strongest mate ringing you, mate. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. It is. Um, this is, you know, this is one of those moments in my life where I'm really proud that I'm still current. I know that I'm current. I know the record's current. I know I've worked with the best people in the industry, from Babyface to to Sterling Sound to to Jake Bunton and Jay Rustin, all these incredible and uh, day by day. You know, you know, I'm so so proud of this record, and I'm looking forward to come home and do some some VIP stuff that we're doing just solely caters to the fans. Uh, it's coming out on vinyl. We're recording 11 videos for this album so that you can actually sit back and watch the album, not just listen to it. Um, I'm going to LA on the 8th um, to do the next single. We've got a five single release. And if it goes well, we're going to do it all 11. And it's, um, I'm just happy to be in the game, my friend. I'm happy to be having conversations like this and talk about music. Um, I'm happy to be talking to people that have, you know, are comfortable in their own space. Um, and I just, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, finding, finding more happiness, more, you know, a couple of new mates and, a, and a, you know, and sharing the stage again and really keeping it simple, not, not sweating the small stuff. And also always trying to, always trying to say, I always want to be someone that will say the word sorry first. Matt, it's been such a pleasure talking records with you. Um, in- incredible choices, and and yeah, it's just been it's just been a really lovely hour chatting to you, mate. So thank you so much. 
You're a legend, mate. And I really love your vibe, mate. And you, you, you know, thank you for what you do and lifting people's spirits. Cause I, I, I know how hard it is to create content and week after week, and it can be extremely tiring. And anyone listening to your, your podcast, you know, just take a second to acknowledge, you know, the, the, the volume of work it takes for you to do what you do. So thank you, mate. Oh, mate. Absolute legend. Matt, thank you so much. Right, much love, bro. Matt Goss, ladies and gentlemen. We carried on chatting afterwards, which is always a lovely sign. Um, you know, I, I love it when you have them them chats where quite quickly there's a there's a lovely little connection there and uh, lovely to hear uh, someone that, 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 that's got a similar accent to me as well. Um, you know, all those years in, in Vegas haven't done anything to uh, to take away that accent and uh, and it's always lovely to to hear something that sounds like home. Um, yeah, wow. I mean, you know, what do I say? Obviously, I'm 48 years of age. Uh, I grew up, you know, in, in the absolute thick of um, the hysteria that was Bross. Um, and, you know, it, 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 I, I read Matt's book um, a long, 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 long time ago. Uh, and it was, and it was, it was a really interesting um, read and, and, and documents, you know, how, how cutthroat the, the, the music industry can be. And as mentioned in that conversation, just brilliant to see that, you know, just still strong as ever, as creative as ever. And, uh, and yeah, and content's there, brand new music. And, uh, yeah, and, and fundamentally at the end of the day, just a really kind human being that um, was gracious with his time. And, yeah, and I hope you enjoyed that natter as much as I did. It was uh, an absolute joy. Okay. Uh, I'm back next time. In the meantime, go check out the back catalogue if you haven't. Um, go and have a look and see what else you can find in there to listen to because there's over 300 chats with so many amazing creative talents. So go get stuck in. Um, and I'm back next time. Um, yeah, fanboying still. God, wow. Matt Goss, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Me, stew with him. Ain't a monkey.